Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Talk. I'm here with Steven. Hey. <laughs> when people found out I live in LA, they kept on requesting you, so here for, we are. For real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so were you born in Virginia or where? I was, yeah, Northern Virginia. In this town called Vienna. It's like 20 minutes south of DC. Mm -hmm. What was it like kind of your childhood growing up there? Um, my childhood, my memories of my childhood are like just lots of positives. Um, I feel like my parents gave me a lot of freedom and I had a really good time. I played sports. Um, I kind of tried in school. I had like really close friends and we had a lot of fun. Lots of like sneaking out and house parties. Yeah, I read your blog. <laughs> I read the whole thing on your site. Yeah. Your crazy stories back then. Yeah, we, I was kind of a little delinquent, you know, but <laughs> I was testing the waters. Yeah. You had kind of a confident idea on life back then with like hot girls, how it should be with cool cars. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I was such a douche. <laughs> Yeah, I think as a ch as a child, I had a pretty one-dimensional like um, experience with life. Like it was just lots of good things, and I hadn't really seen the the hardship or the pain or the struggle, um, which I was very lucky for. And I think I still like have some of that innocence. But yeah, it wasn't until later in yeah. life that I like actually felt more depth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just all good things. Yeah. And that's like what inspires all my music, you know. Usually the hard things is what inspires it. What did your parents do back then? Um, my parents, so my dad is an architect and still is. And my mom, my mom's like a renaissance woman. She like, gosh, she went from like teaching preschool to working at like a high fashion company like oh, Hermes wow. to like taking some time off and getting a dog to like working at like Mercedes-Benz. I don't know, she's done everything. Whoa. Yeah. Your relationship with them kind of changed over time, right? Like your mom was like this rock in your life and suddenly became unsure and your dad was like this happy positive guy and that kind of changed. Yeah, I mean, they're, my parents are still like so solid. They like, they're so good together and when I'm with my family, it's amazing. I think more so what changed was just like, you're talking about that thing that I wrote, right? Yeah. More so what changed was just my perception of everything and realizing that, I don't know, like, like there was more, like it wasn't, I don't know exactly how to explain it concisely. I mean, I wrote like a whole, yeah. <laughs> I wrote like 20 pages about it. <laughs> what was the turning point that you realized that would something happen in your life or? Um, the turning point was, uh, gosh, so many things. I mean... I had, I had like a really crazy existential crisis that smacked me in the face one night that I like smoked way too much weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like a real, that was a real slap in the face. I was like a sophomore in college and I just kind of, uh, I had this realization for the first time in my life of like, oh shit, like I, I was literally, okay, you know what was happening? Mm -hmm. I was watching like Animal Planet. Yeah. And it was like the bugs episode, and they were just showing these like little ants, 
and I was watching it and I was like super stoned. <laughs> and you know how like when you're really high you're just like thinking really hard and I had this sort of thought to myself of like wow maybe like I think for the longest time I felt like I was separate from those like little insignificant ants like I was like more important or more like had more of a reason to be here but then like when I was watching it super high I was like wait what if I'm not like what if this is mm -hmm. like what if I'm just the same as this and I'm just like and uh I don't know it was like it was a scary thought yeah your music also changed a lot with that right yeah yeah well it wasn't just that I mean that's just one thing that was like that was like the beginning of it you know that was like the first time I started thinking about the other possibilities did you like school though like growing up yeah school was school was fun um I was sort of a like a weird outcast in high school because all my best friends went to a different high school. So when I was like actually at school, I like didn't really have any like super close friends. So I was kind of like forced to like just do my own thing. But then like after school, I would like go to my friend's high school and like just hang out with all my good friends over there. So I had this weird like connection with a lot of people, but I was also sort of like a lone wolf, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how did you decide to go to school in Florida? Miami? Yeah. Um, I guess, like, at the time I really wanted a, a school that had, like, a good music program, but that I could also, like, compete and run track at. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I was, like, a... You were a really competitive athlete, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I ran the 400, and I ended up running at Miami. They've got a really good, good team there. Um... And so I got both of that there, and it was also just beautiful. Like, the weather is just amazing, and yeah, it was like everything. I was like, hell yeah, and my mom went there too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then did you already know, like, off the bat that you really wanted to study music? Yeah, I think, I think I also wanted to go to a college that was like a, like a good college just for, like, regular education in case I, didn't, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. But I was pretty sold. I was like, I mean... It was what I really loved, you know. I remember in high school when I discovered that you can make a living as a producer, I was like, no way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never, like, I never set out to produce to make money. It was just something that I did for fun. Like, literally, I'd get home from school and just, like, make beats. And that was, like, it felt like I was, like, it felt like it wasn't something I was supposed to do. Like, it felt like I was supposed to be, like, doing my homework or something. Mm -hmm. And making beats was, like, playing video games, you know. What was the first record you bought? first record I ever bought I mean like with my own money yeah or that I like as a little kid like asked my mom to buy me okay with mm, my own money yeah <laughs> I mean I think I remember as a little kid asking my mom to buy me like a Backstreet Boys album <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's that <laughs> how about um, when you started finding like music yourself early on um let's see who did I really get into you know who um, you know the Meteora album by Linkin Park? Mm -hmm. That album changed yeah. my life. That album is so freaking good. Um, I remember buying that. I remember buying, um, I remember buying American Idiot by Green Day. <laughs> I remember buying... It was like really raw. You also did like a piano, did you do guitar? Was it guitar that you did? Uh, for what? Like instruments that you played growing up. You did piano, right? Oh yeah, I played piano growing up, um... And then I learned guitar later in 
drums. Yeah. I, I guess I played a lot of drums growing up too. Were you in a band then? Yeah, I was in. A, I was a drummer for a band in high school. We were oh. called Rifle Ridge. <laughs> stuff up. What's that? Or stuff up? Can they find? It? Can you find it? Yeah, honestly, if you go on MySpace.com/slash, I don't even know what the slash is. It's either Rifle Ridge <laughs> or Rifle Ridge Music. Um, it's all there. Yeah. I check it out sometimes. <laughs> what did it sound like? Uh, <laughs> it sounded like budget Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> budget. Oh my god. <laughs> but it was so much fun, God. Yeah. We were so bad. But we just had like a lot of friends between us. So like we would play shows and like always sell out. But it was oh, like wow. we could literally have just gone up there and like played random chords and it would have been the same thing. Like it was just like a vibe, I yeah. guess. Did you ever think of yourself being in like a formal band? And like, how did you go from band to a solo artist? Was that a conscious decision? Yeah, it was, no, no. The whole this whole journey for me has been totally like unconscious and accidental. It seems like. I mean, I knew that I wanted to do music. I knew that in high school I was a really good drummer and percussionist. And for a while, I thought maybe, oh, I want to like play for an orchestra or something and go to like a conservatory. And then once I got into a band, I was like, oh shit, I want to be like a rock drummer. I want to like play for like a famous band one day. Maybe my band will be famous. And then I, I started producing and then I was like, oh, screw being a drummer. Like I can be a producer. Yeah. And then electronic music happened and I was like, I can be a DJ. I can be like an artist and I can like put my face. And it was like, I was so excited about that. And Do you remember who showed you like producing early on and more electronic music? Um... Nobody really, like, directly showed it to me. I remember when I was in, like, honestly, I was probably, like, in elementary school. I was, like, in sixth grade. There was this thing called Coke Music. And it was, like, this weird, like, online promotional game that they made where, like, you have, like, this avatar that you create. And my guy had, like, spiky hair and pink shoes. <laughs> and you, like, had, like, this studio. And you, for your studio, you had to, like, get furniture to, like, mm -hmm. deck it out. And you could, like, have friends come over and stuff and, like, show off how like rich you are in the game and the only way to make money is to like make records and DJ them in these like public places oh. and people would like give you thumbs up and the more thumbs up you got the more money you got yeah so cool. <laughs> I was like making beats on that and I remember like I, I mean I was so young like I didn't know anything but that was like where it began and then I remember getting like a PS2 game in middle school that was called like beat maker or like music maker or something who were you listening to at that point? Oh my god, I, was, I had the worst taste in music as a kid. I don't even remember. Um, I remember in the beginning of high school, that's when like, I really started getting passionate about music and I really got into like trans and techno. Like, mm -hmm. I remember like the first Tiesto Club Life like, <laughs> was crazy. And changed I, your life. Changed my life, straight up. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like every week, like me and my best friends who were not musicians, but just so passionate about music we just would like dive into those and like listen to all those records and try and find them and like figure out who who wrote them and who made them. Yeah. What moniker were you going by at that point? At that point I wasn't even putting out music. Yeah. I didn't have a moniker until I put out Bullet Train. Oh. Yeah. That was like the first song I ever released. Yeah. And why did you decide to just go by like Steven? Okay, so that was later. Um, I decided to go by Steven because of a couple of reasons. First of all, every name that I could think of <laughs> sounded corny. Like, I didn't want to like have like a, a, a made-up name at the time. And I had this idea for an album called Sincerely, which I really wanted to embody this feeling of 
honesty and vulnerability and just like being really open about what I'm feeling, which at the time was like a lot of harder, deeper things. And like, I just thought it would be cool. And so did like my managers. We thought it would be cool to just go by like what you would call me as like a friend, you know, like mm, you just I call like me Steven. I would call you Lauren, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt more personal and it felt like it fit the whole vibe of what, what I really wanted to express at the time. Yeah. And still do, you know. And then like you were in your third year of college before you were convinced to drop out, right? You're like nearly done. Or? Yeah, well I was yeah, I was in my third year. I probably would have had to stay because I changed majors. Oh, what did you change to? Um, I went from music engineering, which is not what it sounds like. It was more like lots of math and like Oh wow. Like yeah, it was like electrical engineering and computer programming. Um, to a degree focused on like writing music for movies. It's called MWP. Oh, how did you, was that something that you were also interested at at that point? Honestly, not like particularly. Like I would love to do that one day and like score movies and stuff, but I just really wanted to make like beats and write, write cool like songs and stuff. I guess it was the closest thing at that school to something that would give me, help me with more skills for that. But honestly, there wasn't much at Miami that helped me as like a producer or a songwriter really, it was more so just the experience of being in college and like working at a studio. Yeah. So what was the decision to drop out and move here? Um, so that came because I, uh, I had done this remix for Cruella, mm -hmm. who like last minute, Third Brain, my managers now, yeah. who manage Cruella, like were like, hey, we're gonna give you an opportunity to like do this and if, uh, if um if the girls like it and if we like it and if you can get it done in a week then like maybe we'll put it on our like a remix EP or whatever. Were were you already having a name at this point or were they, they were kind of new? Yeah, I had put out I had put out Bullet Train and oh, this other okay. song Survivor and uh and um yeah, so but like I mean I was like pretty much nobody, you know, like I had like I was like this brand new artist just putting out putting out songs that I made in my base, parents' basement. And I remember like being in class, like trying to work on this song, trying to finish it in time, and I got it all done and I sent it to them and they like loved it. And that was like the beginning of my relationship with them, with my managers now. And over the, the rest of that year, I was like sending them songs. And towards the end of the year, I sent them a song that I sang on. That was the first time I ever sang on a song oh, ever. Wow. Yeah. Was that and like, I, scary I didn't, for you I, or? Well, the thing is, is, is I just. Easy? No, it was really, it was really hard. I couldn't, I couldn't really <laughs> sing, but I could, I was like, a good producer so I knew how to like get around it and sort yeah. of like you know just make make myself sound way better than I actually did <laughs> um so so I, I I recorded that but I really just recorded it with the intention of like another guy singing the song oh. I wasn't like yeah this is gonna be me singing and I remember sending it to them and they were like who's singing <laughs> this guy sounds great you should just oh. use him and I was like oh my gosh uh that's me <laughs> And they like really liked the song, and I think when they saw that I could sing and also produce, they they were like, "Dude, we would love to work with you." And and then Nathan, who now isn't with my management, he's with like, my label. He was he like put me through this one month like hell week, kind of like what Navy Seals go through, <laughs> where he was like, so "You need intense. to write." He's like, "You need to like grab like he's like you need to like write a song on guitar every single day." And you need to send me one song a day to show me that, like, you, you want it. 
And I was like, wow. okay. And I had never done that. Like, I'd never just written songs on guitar. I just always made beats. And so I did it. And some of the songs were probably the worst thing ever, but I think some of them were cool. And he had he heard a lot of potential. And he was like, I, like then the summer came around, and he was like, you just move out here and sleep on my couch. I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Were you working other jobs at that point, or how were you, like, making a living early on? No, so when I came out, I mean, that was what made it a little bit easier to, to bring it up to, like, my dad. Like, I, I was making money off of Bullet Train. Um, pretty much enough to, to live on my own. Oh, wow. And when I came out here at first, too, I wasn't even paying rent. I was just staying at a friend's. I was just staying at That's Nathan's. That's true, yeah. So that gave me some time to, like, collect some extra money from that. And, yeah, I feel I feel like I got really lucky because I never had to, like, work a job out here to, like, support myself. It just sort of, like, happened naturally from, from the music I had released before I got out here. Yeah. And so. then you were living in uh, Joshua Tree at some point doing your second mm -hmm, album. Mm -hmm. What was that process like? Oh, my God, it was beautiful. Um... It was half beautiful and it was half miserable because I was starting to get, like, really sick, too. Oh, yeah, you had, like, was it Lyme disease or... Yeah, yeah. Lyme disease and, like, some other co-infections and um, apparently, like, mold somehow, like, in my blood. Like, some mold spore or some shit, I don't even know. They're, we're still figuring out, like, everything and mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm so much better now. Like, oh, I feel so I feel, like, almost 100%. I, my intention for going to Joshua Tree was, like to just be alone like I really I, at that point I had lived in LA for maybe three years mm -hmm. and um I was like living in a freaking commune like <laughs> it was awesome but and super fun and inspiring and creative but it was like there were always just like a million people coming in and out of my house and I had four oh, roommates wow. that like paid rent plus like just always having friends crashing on floors and couches and stuff so it was just like a madhouse and I remember one time, right before I went to Joshua Tree, I was like, I like had the whole house to myself and I was completely alone. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling uncomfortable. I oh. was like, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I can like think to myself and I can like see clearly and I don't like what I'm seeing and I, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, that's not good. I think it'd be really good for me to just be alone for a little bit. So... That's what I did. I like got a spot in Joshua Tree and brought my whole studio out there. And like the first month I was out there, I just turned off my phone. I like didn't really talk to anybody at all, even in Joshua Tree. And yeah, <laughs> it was wild, man. It was wild. But it ended up being such an amazing experience. I like just really tuned in with myself. And I don't know, there's like so many benefits from just being alone and and like kind of just having to face your own shit you know yeah what do you learn from that so many things oh my gosh um I think that when you're when you're not around especially in LA there's this like kind of like an expectation of like how you're supposed to behave or how you're supposed to act around people and it kind of changes the way that you see yourself because you're always imagining how other people feel about the way that you behave, maybe. Yeah. Whether you realize it or not. And to just be alone and to, like, observe yourself when there's no expectation or no judgment. Um, it's, like, really liberating and you kind of feel like you're becoming yourself and you're, you're like, not holding yourself back. And um, it was, like, a very freeing experience. 
very like self-accepting and um, yeah, lots of motorcycle rides and long hikes. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got a motorcycle there. <laughs> yeah. And then in, also in your like writing, you talked about like writing a hit and what that means. Oh to you. sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you reading my blog. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's probably changed a little bit. I think at the time I was like maybe being a little extreme with my mentality on it. Um, but but the the theme of it is definitely something I still that still holds true for me. Like when I make music, it's. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, like, um, the only, the only way I get joy out of, like, writing music and creating is if it's coming from a place that's, like, really honest and real, so I can only really write about things that I can relate to, like, I can't sit there and, like, try and write you, like, a catchy, like, hit song about something that I can't relate to, um, so I think I saw at, the t at that time when I wrote that thing, I saw a lot of people around me trying to do that and mm. it felt really soulless and cold and I remember sometimes like trying to do it with them just to see what it was like and I just remember not, A, not being very good at it and B, not really liking it because of that. Um, and yeah, for me music is like, it's so much more than like, like about making money or like reaching a lot of people. It's about making something that feels like it was something that needed to be said, that was cathartic, that I feel like people that really want to dive into it will connect with. And I think the intention for making a hit is like more about, I don't know, getting bigger or just reaching a lot of people on like a more superficial level. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just like a different attitude. But that, but that doesn't mean yeah. that like when I write songs, I'm not trying to like, yeah, you know, simplify them and like make them more digestible. I mean, I'm always doing that. So I don't want to say that I'm like like some saint that like doesn't care at all about what people think. And then is your viewpoint on religion the same? Kind of how like on the Western side, it's more based on fear. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Mm. Yeah, I do think religion is definitely a lot of religion ha is based in fear. Um, I don't know if I what I said at the time, but I definitely think religion is really important for a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that that really need it and really utilize it. Um, for me, though, I feel like having my having like my mind closed off to saying like this is reality and this is what I believe. I feel like that makes you kind of stubborn and it, it like, I don't know, religion just like doesn't connect with me. Mm -hmm. Like it just, I don't know. Um, Has it always been that way or? No, I mean when I was growing up I sort of just, I didn't go to church a lot. I went like every Sunday and it was pretty laid back. I went to like a really chill church. Um, but I remember as a kid feeling like just oh i'm I'm like got like there's a God and it's there's heaven and there's hell, and um I'm here like i'm I'm here like because like God put me here or whatever, and when I die, like I'll be with God, and it was like very comforting, you know, mm -hmm. but I think as I started getting older and started like learning more about the world and more about 
just philosophy and ways of thinking and psychology and stuff, I realized, dang, like, that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's true. And that was, like, really destructive because I didn't have, like, this foundation that supported me of, like, oh, I'm going to go to heaven or I'm going to be safe or I'm going to be okay. And that was, like, a really scary time because I sort of, like, lost my, lost my, like, grounding. Mm -hmm. How long ago was this? Oh, uh, that was, like, maybe four, four and a half, five years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. It was such, it was such an exciting, it was such an exciting time, but such a scary time at the yeah. same time, you know? Something I'm going through in life right now is like uh, figuring out what does make me happy. And I think for a while growing up and even on and off now still, I think a part of me believes that my happiness is somehow tied to my achievements or my success or the things that, are, that I accomplish through the day. Um, but I think that's that's like an endless chase that you're never satisfied with, like, because the more that you get, the more that you want. And I know from experience, I mean, it's not like I have everything I want, but I've gotten a lot of things that I've always dreamed of, and it's just the second you get something, you can celebrate in it. But then there's more, and it's endless. And um, I'm trying to find more happiness in just like the constant routine of the day and enjoying like every moment mm -hmm. and like I think I went through this phase where I almost it was almost hard for me to create music because I was putting so much pressure on myself to create something that people would like after like the success of the first album and it took the fun out of it and I think that's a great like analogy of what happens to all people in life is like we put so much pressure on ourselves to, to like become something or do something, um, or to like pr make our parents proud or to like make make a girl to impress a girl or something, and uh, yeah, it's just sort of, it's that's never that's never gonna make you feel fulfilled. So I'm just trying to be more present and enjoy, enjoy like all all of the little things mm -hmm. more, you yeah. know. Actually, with that, how else do you think you've grown as a person? Um, I've grown in so many ways. <laughs> it's like almost so hard to answer, but uh, my hair's gotten longer. <laughs> uh, I'm getting more flexible doing lots of yoga. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think... I think I, as I've gotten older, I've paid more and more attention to other people and how they feel. And um, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think your music has changed since the early songs you made? Um, it went from like me trying, I think, I think what's happening right now is I care less about showing off as like a producer or a songwriter and I want to just like write something that feels really good. I think that my music is getting simpler and it's getting more concise and I think my songwriting is changing a lot right now. Like it feels like it's going from a lot more of like, 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 um, 
well, it's still like, it feels like a poem, but I feel like I'm writing from like a really, a place of feeling and less so from like a, a place of like thinking, mm -hmm. which has been really interesting. What do you say have been your biggest challenges so far? I think one of the hardest things for me is sort of actually maybe what I'm going through right now um, or what I just went through. I got really sick and to, to have all these things that I worked really hard for kind of all happen and then suddenly just be completely crippled by something out of my control and have to go home and like live with my parents for like almost a year and not really sure when I'm going to be better or what's really going on. Mm. Um, that was like facing that unknown and that, that roadblock was really challenging for me. Um, and now sort of being back and having lost that momentum because of that, uh, it's like I feel like a lot of pressure to, to like get back to where I was. Hmm. Um, so that's been really difficult, but it's also like, I think a theme that runs through my life constantly, and I think anyone can adopt this, is like all of that shit is just an opportunity to, to learn more about myself and learn more about other people in the world. And uh, yeah, so I definitely welcome it. Hmm. It's not like I'm like, I'm not like complaining, you know? Yeah. What does love mean to you? Oh man, love is like everything. Love is like, that's like, that's, that's like the reason why I choose life every day. That's why the, mm, that's the reason I, I get that. out of bed. Um, I think though that maybe love is totally, it's, it's, it's not like love to me, love isn't falling in love. That's like falling in love is like, that's that, like that can be love. But I also think that. It's also a lot of other things. I think that real, like, just love is feeling, like, that empathy towards all, like, towards somebody and feeling, like, really connected and feeling like you truly want the best for somebody, um, including yourself, you know? Like, loving yourself means, like, respecting yourself and, and treating yourself good. And, um, yeah... I don't know. Lo love is like I'm learning. I'm learning so much about love right now. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's everything straight up. <laughs> what does success look like to you? Um, success to me, it's definitely changing. Um, but right now, I would say success is more of a daily routine than like a long-term goal. I think that for a while I saw success as being something that would be accomplished over like a long period of time of like focus and dedication and in a way sort of delaying gratification for something that would come later. Hmm. And I think that now, or at least for me, success is more about um, being here during the day, like being like like enjoying the day and working hard and doing what I love and um, making the most out of my time. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think after getting sick, I realized that to, to, to delay that much gratification for the future, it's like it may never come. And so why would I waste my time waiting to enjoy life when I can do it like right now? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think success to me is just like, having a good day.
Yeah, I love that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? Uh, I don't know if I really care to be remembered, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be gone. So I guess if someone was like, you have to be remembered. <laughs> so you have to pick something that you need to be remembered for. <laughs> um, I guess I'd say somebody who like was truly curious about um god <laughs> this is a tough one <laughs> I'd like to be remembered as I don't know man that's hard <laughs> I'm not sure um I don't want to be remembered I want to be remembered as the guy who took the longest time to answer the what do you want to be remembered for <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess I'd want to be remembered as like, like, like gladiator, you know, like I killed all of the, like all of the like Romans that tried to kill me, you know, like, like I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just literally thinking of like Gladiator when Russell Crowe's like, "What you do in life echoes in eternity." <laughs> I remember like as a kid thinking that was like the coolest shit ever. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so. it's raining if you guys can't tell. So. Yeah, it's raining. Trooper. Okay. Bye, guys. See ya.